what negative felt like. So you didn't want to be that person, especially in the workplace. You want people to be happy around you. Like you said, you want people to feel comfortable coming to talk to you about whatever. So then you try to be the antithesis of this hateful, mean-spirited, Grinch-like energy. And then you become a clown. There's just, there's just a lot of absolute nonsense. Welcome to the Any Last Words Pod. <laughs> My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. A very special thanks to everybody that will be joining us today on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, as well as YouTube. And please do not forget to follow us at ALW Pod on Instagram. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you today. We have Emily. Laban? I don't think I've ever had to say that. Last it's Laban. Yeah. Laban. All right. I got it right. Cool. It could have been Laban. It could have been Laban. That, that sounds fancier in my Laban. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so I think I know what I want to say first here. I think, so in the past couple of months, I would say I've been trying, I've been making a conscious effort to reach out to people that... I have either wronged in some way or just our relationship hasn't been, it's, it probably left off on a, on a, the rockier side of things. And I want to do that because, and what's interesting is, I, I don't know if you know this, but my grandmother's just passed recently. And so I wanted to do this before that was even the case. I had been doing it before that was the case. And I think this maybe just reinforced that idea mm -hmm. of making sure that my relationships with people are as solid as they're going to be before anyone else goes anywhere, before anyone else is taken from the planet in physical form. Like, I just need people to know that as far as I'm concerned, things are good. Things are good on this side. People are allowed to do whatever it is they want to do on their side. I've had people reach back. I've, I've reached out to people that have wronged me looking for reconciliation. I've reached out to people that I have wronged. I've had some people reply back. I've had some people leave me the fuck alone and not say a word back. And I'm okay with all of this. What I will say is that you and I, we're not really of this cloth. We're not cut from this cloth, like meaning our relationship didn't leave on Rocky Path. Did it? Wait a second. No, it didn't. It didn't? Oh, you no. should. It didn't. Okay. Nope, I'm positive, and you would know. Okay, cool. All right, cool. And if we were still rocky, I would also let you know. <laughs> okay, cool. Just want to right, want to make sure of that. I don't know if I'd be here if that was the case, but what? I would want to be here because I would want to, I would want us to fix it. Yeah, I think. I like that you're reaching out and wanting to do that with your relationships. I think that um, not a lot of people, um, you know, have... Um, you know, want to do that and they might want to, but they might be scared to, and they might yeah. not know how to do that. So I think yeah. it's really good what you're doing. Um, so thank you for having me on. I know you've asked me to come on a few times <laughs> and you were very excited. So I, <laughs> I love your excitement. So thank you. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. And I'm man, you know, I was just having a conversation with a friend and I was telling them that it's, and maybe this is also a reinforcement that came from my grandma's passing, but it, it just, I mean, listen, also, 
not to be flipping about it, but she was old. I mean, she was like about to be 92 years old. So it's not like it, like this was just like a whirlwind of just malicious intent from the universe. It just came and caught us all off guard. It wasn't like that at all. But people can go at any point in time. People go all the time. I just heard a story about. You, do you remember like last week? I guess we had like a small blizzard of some sorts. And mm-hmm. did you hear about I-95 just being backed up for hours? I mean, people were on I-95 because they couldn't get plowers and stuff like that to come get snow off the highway. Yep, that's crazy. I I know a few people who were stuck in that. Pe- people were there for like a day. People were just yeah. sitting there in their cars. And there was a guy because in, in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm getting out the car. I'm getting out of the car at at some point, probably about two hours. I'm I'm still waiting. I'm probably still waiting around two hours. Around three, I'm I'm questioning things. I'm like, all right, what's going on? Once you get on your phone and you realize that this is a thing thing where it's on the news, people are talking about it, it's trending, and no one's going anywhere, and it's kind of definitive that no one's going anywhere. I'm like, okay, well, I'm I'm going to get out of my car, get take my wallet, and I'm going to trek to the nearest hotel, no matter where that is, I'm going to find a hotel because I'm not going to sit here and just burn gas in this car all night long. And I'm also not going to turn the car off and sit in an icebox. And freeze, yeah. And freeze. There was a guy that got out of his car and walked. And I don't know the particulars of the story. I'm certain it's not too difficult to find it. But he ended up dying trying to get home. and. You know, there's no shortage of stories of people dying every day for whatever the reason is. But when you read a story like that, my mind goes to this guy left his house in the morning. Maybe he had kids and maybe he had a wife, whatever, whoever. Hey, I'm, I'm going to work. Regular ass day. You walk past the people that love you. Maybe you give them a hug, kiss, whatever. But you don't you don't embrace them. Like it's going to be the last time that you're going to see him. You give him a quick, hey, all right, good to see you. I'll see you later. Bye. And then you leave and you go to work. And then now you're, I don't know, maybe you have a great day at work. Maybe you have a second day at work, whatever. You're thinking about whatever it is you're thinking about. You're distracted. Get in the car. You go home or you're in the car trying to go home. Blizzard. You're stuck there. I'm like, damn, I didn't get home. The last thing that you're thinking about or anyone that knows you is thinking about is he's not going to get home that night. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing. And so that reinforcement that I'm speaking about is that I am when you say I'm excited for you to be here. Sure. Like that's a that's a I think that's a cute word for it. I, I think I think that I'm I think that I am prodigiously grateful to to have you here, to spend time with people that that I share good energy with these days. I'm just I'm just beaming with gratitude these days in a way that I didn't really know I could have. It's just, maybe it's just I'm, it's my old age. I'm getting older. It's just what happens. You're enthusiastic, and I love it. So am I. I am a bit eccentric. Yeah. And so now you and I, we've haven't really spoken until like the last couple of months for what was it almost nine like nine, nine years, years. Up on 10. right that's a long <laughs> <laughs> the way we're looking at each other that is a very very long time and yeah man yeah 
I'm glad we're, we're able to do this. Ten, yeah, that's almost a decade, which is just crazy. And in my, in my idea that sometimes I think we all kind of get caught up in, I don't think it's just a me thing of getting to the next place. Mm-hmm. Like, like wherever we're at, I just had a conversation with my co-host Keon about this, but getting to the next place, like, why am I still here? Wherever here may be for you, this is a stepping stone. Why am I not at the next place? Like, why do I not have the next thing? I want to accomplish more. I need to be there instead of here. I usually, I don't know about this for other people. I don't know how you look back on it. We, maybe we could have a conversation about it. When I look back at my prior places of employment and just places in life, even though to, I know when I was a tropical smoothie, I was thinking this, like, why am I like I should be in another place? I shouldn't be however old I was at the time making nine twenty five an hour blending smoothies and, and making Caribbean jerk wraps like I just shouldn't be here. But when I look back on those times, I, I look back with nothing but fond memories. I was just going to say, um, working at Tropical Smoothie with you and everyone that we were close with, it was probably one of the best jobs that I've had. And I've had a lot of great jobs, and it's always been with other people, but that was my first real job. And um, the relationships we had, not only with each other, but with everyone else, it was it was refreshing and exciting. And we were still so young. And I think yeah, um, the good yeah. thing is, is that we all still... Um, Keep up with each other to a certain point. Not all, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah there's, there's one or two. Shout out to David. You know, David's cool. Uh, you know, we've already know a couple people have dropped out for whatever the reason may be. I, I've, I know some. I know Heather went and got married, so hopefully she's doing well wherever she's at. Mm-hmm. But I mean, one just, just the fact that I was like a shift leader there. Is fucking it's literally just because I was probably the oldest person there. Like me and and I think Megan that worked there with us were like the oldest people there. Mm -hmm. So it would make sense that we would have been. And then I think David came afterwards. But either way. And then I came. But the fact is the fact that I was leading shit. I was smoking so much weed in the playing Scrabble. We loved Scrabble. Look at this stuff we were doing. Yo, every there was not a day where I was not high working at Tropical Smoothie. Mm. Not one day. Not one day. Not one. I worked there for two years. Yes. <laughs> every single day. I can see you ever so often making your own smoothies and making your... All yeah. your sandwiches and your fun creations. And Why wouldn't you do that when you're working at Tropical Smoothie? Best and and high <laughs> while working yeah. at Tropical Smoothie and young. And so I, I, I would like to think that I, I brought a lot of the uh, levity for everyone else to have such a good time because I clearly didn't give a fuck about that job. Did I tell you about the time that I closed the store like four hours early one time? Um, I, you might have. But that, that doesn't surprise me, so but maybe. <laughs> there, were, there were two new people there, and I, f- I forget their name. One of them was, like, was this chick, and she was tall. Her name was Madrela. Oh, Does that ring yeah, a bell? Yeah. Her and someone else. In bo- both of these people, it was like their first week. And I got stuck with both of them like on a training shift. If you remember, there was someone that knew how to run the, the machine, the cash register. Someone that knew how to make the food. Someone that knew, knew how to make smoothies. 
Now, I could do all these things clearly by this time. And you were doing all those things. And someone's, and when you started, you started making smoothies. So, Drayla, who was there, she was making smoothies. She hadn't got on to making food yet. So, clearly, this other person hadn't got on to making food yet. So, that means that I was going to have to be able to, like, take orders and then, at some point, get done, take five orders, run back, make some food while they're making smoothies. Mm -hmm. But they also sucked at making smoothies because it was their first week. So, ultimately, we have a line out of the door. It's a hot summer day. This isn't in the dead of winter. This is a hot summer day. Uh-huh. I know what you mean. And I'm taking orders. I'm running back. I'm making the smoothies. I'm making the food. I'm coming back, taking orders, and I'm just running around. And it got to a point where it was insane. You're probably timing, okay, this smoothie has 45 seconds. This one has a minute and 30 seconds because some of them take longer. And then during that time, I'm going to go make this sandwich real quick. And then it's going to take 30 seconds in the oven so then I can start making this one and then run back and forth. Exactly Ex- how we did things. Priorities. Exactly. And you know what? I guess it got our steps in because we <laughs> ate a lot of food and smoothies during that time. <laughs> yes. And, Good workout. And by the way, for anyone that does have a job in which you have to get up and move around doing it, don't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. That Those steps, it means something. Having mm-hmm. to sit down all day at a desk job, I'm sure there's some perks there too, depending upon which desk job it is. But- if you have to be up on your feet moving around, that matters. That's that's some sort of exercise that you otherwise would not have gotten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I um yeah, I had to do that. I was always on my feet and then now I'm at a desk job which I love, but um you know, it was definitely an adjustment. So I started serving again because I missed, you know, getting my steps in and yeah. um being face to face with people and um but you know, it's just time management's a really big thing and your health is a big thing. So um, you know, make time to go to the gym, make time to go to stretch, like how you were talking about how you make time in the day for that. So there's, um, you know, things that we need to consider that um, are so tiny, but will make a, such a big difference in your day. And I'm still working to find what those all are for me. But mm-hmm. just the fact that someone is working on themselves and trying to find that, that's that's all that matters. Yeah, it's funny uh, you say that the things are tiny and, and I completely understand what it is you're saying. It They seem tiny. Because, <clears throat> because there are things that you can probably give 10 to 15 minutes to, right? Like, so that's sort of tiny. They're small in, 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 in time. Um, maybe they're also, to you, small in... I'll tell you what these things are not small in, significance. They seem small in, in significance. Because they they don't take much time to do. They don't seem as though if you do it this one time, you're going to get whatever is is tantamount to, I don't know, maybe something fulfilling that you would have to take weeks or months to do. This is the point I'm getting at because I'm not doing a good job explaining this. Here's the point I'm getting at. I was reading a book. This guy was talking about a relationship, a relationship he had seen someone in. And the relationship was of, I believe, his stepfather and his wife. They had been married for like 20 years, 25 years. And one dinner... Everybody came. It was like 10 people at the dinner. 
the wife comes and she's setting all the food on the table. She puts, <laughs> she put, she, this is so funny to me. She puts these plates in front of everybody. <laughs> and this guy, the, the stepfather to the, the guy telling the story, he goes off. Now, that guy could have just been having a very bad day that day. And I'm certain that to some degree, that's what was going on. But what came out of his mouth was something along the lines of, why the fuck do you keep using these little plates for dinner? Oh, no. Why do you keep using these little plates for dinner? I don't understand. Like, why don't you just use the bigger plates? We have bigger plates. They had been married for 20 years. She had been using these plates for 20 years. Hmm. And he just never said that that bothered him. It, it just, I guess to him, he thought of it as a trivial thing, an insignificant thing, something that is small. So it goes past our consciousness. We just let it go. But if you let something like that go that we think is small and insignificant for 20 years, you could just end up blowing up on somebody for it. Do we actually let it go? Yeah. yeah. Or every single time do you sit down for dinner and that plate is in front of you? Are you just, are you kind of fucking pissed off <laughs> every fucking night for 20 years? I mean, if I have food in front of my face and I have someone cooking for me, I don't see any reason to complain. But I mean, maybe you need to change it up a little bit. But that's definitely something that you should feel comfortable talking about. But, you know, maybe he just <laughs> didn't want to hurt her feelings because she's maybe it's just something that she likes. So the whole point is. You're trying to find these small things you say mm -hmm. in, in everyday's life. And you think maybe that they are small things, but within time, they're tantamount to, to something that could be quite critical or imperative for your health in the long run. Mm -hmm. So stretching, if you if you if we talk about stretching 10 minutes a day, small thing. You would say it's a small thing, but you stretch 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, every day for the next six months, or you're going to feel an immense difference. I know people are getting tired of me because I've been talking about sleep and stretching on here for quite some time because they've, they've, my stretching has released so much tension from my body that tension I knew was in certain places and then also tension I didn't know was in certain places. And like my sleep. The quality of my sleep has augmented like tenfold. It's amazing. I get amazing sleep, Emily. Amazing sleep. You know, when I get good sleep, I like to tell everyone too. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, I definitely understand that. And you know, you were telling me about stretching, and um, you know, I appreciated you telling me because that's something that that I know I need to do as mm -hmm. well. So, um, talk about it more. Talk about it as much as you want. I'm sure that people will benefit from that. So. Before we get on to anything super, super, super duper serious. Super duper serious. Again, okay. very happy that you're here. Very grateful. I'm glad we shared all those times in the past. I'm glad that for whatever series of reasons, we were able to come together after 10 years almost of not speaking and just hit each other up. Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, wait. Hey, I remember you. You're still cool. Or we were cool then. Seems to me that you're not a fucking crazy psychopath now. 
we can probably hang out. What's going on? Yeah, you know what? We, you know, we got along so well back then and we still do now. Um, you know, it's just the way our relationship is. It's it's really great that no matter how how much time has passed, you can always come with an old friend and um, you know, that's just something you don't want to forget um, if you have those um, people in your life. So and we hung out. Go ahead. I'm, 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 and I'm saying that we've both changed. We're both completely different people. Yeah. And I'm so glad you didn't get the worst of who that person was. Because you say you didn't remember me being like any sort of, I don't know, malignant person. But I'm just glad that you didn't get to the worst of that person. Because I, you know what? Honestly, when I met you, I was probably on the on the latter end of of a lot of the worst stuff that I was kind of doing. So, so maybe, so maybe not. Well, you know, you are a lot more open now. So I definitely think that's a trait um, or that's something that has changed in you. At least you just feel like, at least you're open with me. Yeah. Um, than before we were a lot younger. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So when we hung out the first time, mm -hmm. one, you spoke about the fact that you could speak about your job, right? Forever. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. before you get started, because I'm going to let you go for a second. Mm -hmm. I I like when both sides of the story are being told. I think that a lot of times when it comes to management, people just talk about how much they hate management as a whole. And people don't think about how much stress a manager has to deal with dealing with various people when various people only have to deal with one manager. Right. It's not quite reciprocal. It's, it, these are these are different. These are different weights on mm -hmm. on these people's shoulders manager has higher ups that they need to that they need to answer to they have expectations sales numbers things that they have to be keeping in mind as well as managing however many people are underneath them then the people underneath them are just thinking about what it is they have to do that day with their job description and a manager that is managing them it's not quite the same and when i think about what it is you do one, I've never, maybe I don't hang around with enough people that do what you do, but I've never heard anyone talk about it the way that you do. Mm -hmm. I've never heard anyone take pride and take as much like care and passion into what it is this is. Mm -hmm. And thank you. And so, and from my experience, people usually look at this position and be like, they don't give a shit. Like, I'm not at all excited to talk to this person. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get shit done for me. I, they they're just down there having a good old time like they they don't they don't care so i'm just gonna let you go what is it that you do and and talk about anything that you would like to talk about inside of that um okay well i think i'm just gonna start with why i do what i do okay um you know you just said that um if someone were to say like oh i'm in hr you know they're gonna like oh they're not gonna help me and we might have um a bad view um of the profession and i'll tell you why I think that um, HR, it's not really talked about often because it's, it's not. It's um, not very common. Uh, but so let's say if you were in an elevator with someone, you wanted to spark up a conversation, you're at a networking event. Um, and you ask, oh, hey, I'm Emily. What's your name? Oh, I'm, I'm Susan. Oh, hi, Susan. What do you do for a living? She says what she does, what she does. And then I say what I do. Um, and they might say, oh, sorry. And I'm like, well, I'm not sorry to be in my profession. But it seems like there's an idea for HR is that we are um, big ap apologists. We always apologize for things. We're the no police. But there's no reason to apologize because, I mean, HR is it's, it's a hard job, um, but so is a lot of other 
jobs and businesses and functions. Um, you know, whether you're talking about employee relations, compensation, benefits, um, law and compliance, um, training, development, um, you know, all of those things come into play. And it's so important. And I think that we play such an important role in, um, you know, coming into this role. I, you know, I did not, um, I had no idea what fell into my lap and how blessed I was. And so um, you definitely wear a lot of hats. The best thing about it is that there's not any other position that you get to interact with all of other departments in whichever mm. company you are working with, oh, right? Yeah, so, yeah. for example, if you go get a balloons at the store, at the bottom of your balloons, there's going to be a little a weight at the bottom, right? And I think that's what HR represents. We're the weights at the bottom. We are in connection with all the different kinds of departments and we get to talk with everyone. So we have an insight about the entire company and that's really what we do. Um, so not only that, you know, we get to talk with everyone. We get to um, connect with all departments. Uh, and that's a really big thing. And uh, culture, uh, that's a really, really big thing too. Um, you know, people, they they spend their whole lives trying to find the job that they want. Some people find it early. Some people find it later in life. And if you don't find it and you think that you're old, do not stop looking for it. Um, but, you know, people's main goal in their lives is to find a job that they enjoy. And while you find a position and it's great that you're paid well, but isn't there something more to that? And I think that's where HR comes in. Okay. Um, and so that's my purpose. And that's what I love doing. I love being there to support people. and. Um, you know, I'm just really excited that I got that opportunity and I'm learned and grown for it from it so much. So you, you I think you told me you went to a summit and like, did you go to like something like Vegas or something? I like did. That? I went to Vegas. I went to a networking event. It was right. the Society for Human Resources. It's um, the biggest human resources conference in, uh, in, you know, in, in the U.S. Uh, they have one once a year. So I was able to go with my HR manager. We went there and we met some really great people. We got to network and we learned a lot. And um, it was definitely an experience I would do every single year if I could. And and did you tell me that you saw what, what would be like sort of like your HR idol or something like someone that you sort of look up to some sort of or do you ha do you have that? Is there is there someone that you look up to as I don't know, just the epitome of what a, a great HR specialist is? Um, you know, not until I went to that event. Um, I I sat and listened to Steve Brown's speech, and Steve he is an Brown. HR professional, and specifically in the restaurant industry. And he um, he was really big on putting the human in HR. Okay. Um, it's really eye opening. He has a few books. Human resources for anyone that does not know what <laughs> HR is. Um, yeah. So. He, you know, that's someone who I've been looking up to since then. But I will say I went in September. Um, so it was not that long ago. Mm. Um, you know, I've been in this field for a little over two years now. So um, there's still a lot of people I want to meet. And there's still so much I want to learn. And, um, you know, I hope I can go this this year. I think it's going to be in um, in California this year. I want to say uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. See how long? Because you, I'm assuming you make this thing like a trip, trip. Like you don't go there just for that. You're like, okay, well, if I'm gonna go there in this, say this conference lasts for what two days, three days? Um, almost four days. Four like, days. Three and a half days. So you end up spending like a week. Yeah, we kind of turn it into yeah, a vacation. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was Vegas. Why not? You, you can't. Yeah, have to do that. And um, do you, you gamble? Know, Did you gamble? I did gamble. <laughs> What's your game? What do you play? Or do you just own the slots? 
Um, slots. I did blackjack. Um, okay. Didn't lose as much as I thought I would, but <laughs> I did win a little bit on slots. And you know what? That is the most exciting thing, even though when, really you, when just, you actually lose more, but you just, yeah, it's so much fun. What, just, just like pulling the, pulling the lever and just, it's just as addicting. You know, those games you find at the arcade where, um, they just have a bunch of quarters everywhere, and they push them oh, off, and, they, and oh you keep putting my, the quarters in the and you slot, just and, you, look, yeah, you and just, there's money in there. There's more quarters to keep playing it. But yeah. There's, there's like a $50 bill weighted underneath a bunch of quarters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah, amount yeah. of money I've spent on that game is ridiculous, and that is almost exactly like the slots game. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah, man. Gambling, gambling is very, very interesting. Now, I don't have a game. I don't have... And if I did... It would have to be a game like poker. Like I'd have to learn poker very well. I need a game where I can know how to play it, so it's not complete luck. Like I, I, I need my skill inside of the luck. There's a, clearly it's the luck of the of the draw, right, of the cards. Mm. But I still need to know how to play my best hand. Like mm. I need I need to know how to do that. I don't I don't I don't think I just want to just pull levers and just. Mm-hmm. You know, a, hun- a hundred on black thing. and just do just roulette and stuff. I don't, I don't, I can't. You see, I don't, I don't think I have the face to be able to, <laughs> to uh, play those kind of games. Well, those people, you those probably were, have they the wear skill in there, but stuff. I don't. You can read me very, very easily. Yeah, maybe that's not for you. Yeah, yeah. Slots. I'll be at the slots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is. The, uh, I kind of want to stay on poker for for a second, but because or just on gambling for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Poker Face by Lady Gaga. I know that this is definitely getting off for a second, but I'm thinking, was Poker Face like the first song that made like girls kissing girls cool? Aside from I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It by Katy Perry. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought of. I I thought, are you thinking of the same song? I, I'm not quite certain. One of those, no, my Poker Face. Yeah, yeah, that so so that song is about like he can't he can't read my poker face like he doesn't know that I'm actually over here doing this like he thinks that I'm just all about him. This is what I've been told the song's about. I haven't even gone to listen to the song in a long time, but clearly I like this girl. He doesn't know it because he can't read my poker face. That type of thing. Mm-hmm. So he thinks that I'm just like a heterosexual woman, but mm. I like her too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I'm just like, damn. I was like, is were there songs before that that like got it popping? And you know, when those songs came out, we didn't even think that much about them. I wasn't now, thinking about poker face like that. No. Mm-mm. Kiss the girl. And I, like, I mean, that was just very explicit. So like I, she said, I kissed a girl and I liked it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's what she's talking about. Poker Face, I didn't quite get that one. That one, whenever that came out, that went over my head. I, I was too young for that. But I was just like, damn. It was catchy, though. I still listened to it. I still jammed, jammed out. I was yeah. like, damn. Like, like they kind of put it on. Like, they kind of paved a way for people to feel all right going out and just kissing people that look like them. That's cool. Anyway, now back on to gambling. Mm-hmm. Um... I've 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 kind of gotten hip to this this FanDuel sports book. I'm not I'm not doing it, but but that gambling has sort of opened up for people. So instead of having to go and drive to casinos to to fill this this void that they have, this addiction that someone might have, it's not an addiction for everyone. But mm-hmm. people that did have an addiction, I thought about it. I was like, wow, 
this is this is the first like this is the day and age where we have just seen and I, I and I also want to say that I think there may be only like I should look this up maybe like 15 states top something like that that allow this online gambling on like you know sports and stuff like that but it's like wow this wasn't open for people before drugs were there people knew how to get drugs people knew how to get alcohol people knew how to get on tinder and go fuck somebody like people knew how to fill their other their other addictions if you were going to gamble unless you i guess you live close to the casino or you were going to you had a car you had a, a way to getting to the casino or you just knew like some little speakeasy type spot where people go and gamble mm-hmm. or just you and your friends just get, unless it was like that, it wasn't available to you on this level. It's like, it's like just legalizing drugs in a sense, I believe. So now people can just get on their phone and have this addiction that they haven't really been able to fulfill in a way that they have before. And I got on there because I was trying to help somebody do something. I was trying to help somebody place a bet. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing you see at the top is like, you have gambling problems? Call this number. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, they're, they're kind of, they're hip to the fact that clearly, immediately, as soon as you open this thing up, people are going to lose a lot of money that they can just lose from the comfort of their own home without having to go anywhere or see anyone or do anything. Really, you can sit in the comfort of your own home and lose as much money as you want. And I've heard too many stories about people losing rent money, mortgage money, car note money, bill money, whatever type of money. Yeah. It's like now you can just sit at your house and do that. It's crazy. I mean, hey, if that's what you like to do, go ahead. But hey, the uncertainty for me to be sitting down and how much am I might I lose in a few minutes? That's, yeah. Yeah. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was thinking about when you were just talking about bling, 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 yeah. just, just pulling the lever yeah. and the idea of being in the casino and it's just bright lights and loud noises and no windows and gold trimmings everywhere and people walking around giving drinks out. It's just, I'm like, that's, that's the place I, I, I yeah, it's, it's not even my thing. I've never really been a gambling Either. That was the first time I ever done it. Mm-hmm. You think you want to do it more? You know, we got the MGM right over here, right? I mean, I think if I were to go back or if I was with a group of friends or, you know, an occasion, I think I would. But I don't think I, not, I would want to do this on a Saturday night. Yeah, it's just like not your thing. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well. My luck isn't that great either. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would not be very lucky. <laughs> You know, as far as I don't think that unlucky people know that, though, I, like I, I think that like the people just kind of go there and they're just they don't know. Screw so, it. Let's just have fun. Yeah. Like yeah. we're going to go. We're going to have some drinks. I'm going to I'm going to win. Like today is going to be my lucky day, you know, and so I'm, I'm glad that you have this awareness. Hold on. Why do you say that, though? What? Let's, let's get into that for a second. Why do you say your luck isn't great? I don't know. I just feel like I would just lose all that money, all my money. But what is? But what has life shown you? Like what? Is, what has come across where you now have this idea that if it's not up to me, if it's just up to the universal laws, 
it it's not going to go well. It's like Murphy's Law in a sense. Someone told me at a point in time that they felt like their life was if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. That's that's what they said to me. I was going to say, I mean, it's, you're probably just jinxing it in your own head. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? I don't know. But in, I mean, that's just, you know, what I thought. Do you, do you feel like you tr- like truly have bad luck? Like when you're just going out and about the day, like just things just tend to go not ideally for you? I mean, I think now we're getting into like these little things, but I think in mm. a general sense, like if I'm ever in a contest or in a raffle, I never win those things. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I won a raffle and it was the first time I've ever won any any raffle or contest or anything. And it was at my job. We were at a holiday party and I won a really cool gift and I was very, very excited. What about- <laughs> And that's such a good feeling. So I don't know. Maybe it's just in the past. I just haven't been lucky with games or contests. You won or- a raffle with this job that you have. I did. Yeah, I got- Lucky. Right. See, see, it's just you just got to shift the perspective. It's just yeah. about what is it exactly we're looking at and how are we looking at it? Yeah, because because yeah, because this thing kind of fell into your lap in a sense. There's this job that you have. Right. Well, I mean, it it did. Um, the opportunity presented, it, uh, you know, to, to myself. But, um, you know, I think I definitely worked to be able to get that opportunity for it to come in to come into um, right. in my lap. You know, I um, I was a bartender at a country club and um you know these members they usually have a lot of um connections whether it be their own businesses or their friends um and they're networking professionals too um real estate as well so they just know a lot of people Mm. um so once they started to get to know me more and i'm you know i've always been a bartender serving and um you know been in the service industry and um you know i think uh, i've always had a great work ethic i'm not afraid to admit that so um i work really hard and i think um, I have a good personality. I mean, why would you hire a bartender if they don't have a good personality? Um, you know, and the fact that um, someone came to me and they said, hey, we want you to interview for this company. Um, you know, I'm the face of the company. I was a recruiter. I'm the HR person. And, um, you know, back to being in an HR, uh, you know, you are um, the core of the company. You are how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you're the go-to person. And it's extremely, extremely rewarding. You know, it's funny because you you keep saying like the base, the weight of the balloon, right? And you even using that word weight, it does make me think of the weight on your shoulders and of your coworkers' shoulders. It seems to me to some degree, because places don't have, well, I mean, no companies I've been a part of have in-house therapists. I think that that would be a very cool thing. I think that that's something that I think we may see further in the future is people having real in-house therapists. Like, yo, shit ain't right. Your mind's scrambled. Go downstairs. Like, drop this. Go downstairs. Go talk to somebody. Figure something out. I don't know. Make an appointment. Whatever the case is. I think that's something that we'll see in the future in more companies because I'm certain someone's got to have it by now. Like, it's got to be at like Google or Amazon at the hub. They have to have that. If not, they should have that program. Um, I mean, yeah, there's employee assistance programs. But are, are you saying assistance programs. Are you saying that HR plays the role of a therapist? I think that to some. Listen, <laughs> okay, I'm not an HR specialist. I don't go down to HR much. There's not much I need at HR. I'm good. But I know I've t- spoken to a lot of people, usually women, pretty ones that are getting all sorts of harassment, right? And 
they got to come talk to you guys. Now, this is why I say in my experience, it hasn't always been like, oh, yeah, they're gung ho to come take care of me. Because a lot of times I've seen people just get turned away and just like, oh, but what were you doing that day, though? Like, then eh, will you and you got to stop wearing that lip gloss. You will get them every time. You know what I mean? It's just like weird stuff like that. Like, well, how about this? How about we just move you over here? We just move you to this other department and you just go work over it. But like, you're not going to no one's going to say anything to this person or no one's going to. It's just like, Let's just move you like you're the problem. And so I've seen a lot of those types of issues. And I could only imagine that you're hearing some of these stories. You're hearing stories about all different sorts of stuff. It could be money issues, harassment issues, whatever it is that you deal with. I mean, it's, it's a big umbrella that HR deals with. And so to some degree, you have people coming down to you distraught, you know, upset, dismayed, trying to figure out how the fuck they're going to continue their job in a way that, you know, is nice and pleasant. So you I'm certain you take on something, something emotionally from these people. Is that a correct assessment? Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. And um, I do just want to say, for instance, and foremost, I've only been in this field for maybe two and a half years. So um, I'm, you know, I'm not a big professional, but I can tell you about my experience. Mm-hmm. And my experience is, um, you know, let me just jump back to when I say people are looking for jobs, you know, the number one thing might be the money. And, you know, that's great if you find the the job that you like that pays you well. For but, sure. you know, what's that actually, you know, there's something else to it. And that something else is um, being valued, being appreciated, right. being supported. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely play that role. We can, um, you know, we do have other programs for that. That's, you know, that's not really my specialty, but we're here to listen. We're here to support you. Um, we always encourage frank atmosphere. Um, so yeah, one, in which if I could cut you off for one second, you uh-huh. said that there are programs you you mentioned an employee assistance program. What, yeah, is, what is um, that about? employee assistance programs. Um, these are programs that you can add on to your uh, health insurance. OK, if, right, right. okay. Um, it can be included in it or it can be additional. Um, usually with insurance or at least the ones that I'm familiar with, um, they have their EAP program and they provide three free counseling sessions. So three therapy sessions, basically with a professional, not not me, um, <laughs> one-on-one, right. um, up to three. Um, but then if you want more than that, then you can purchase them, but they might be at a discount depending on what your insurance is. So mm. um, that's a big thing. Uh, mental, is, mental wellness is a huge thing um, within the last few years. So, um, you know, if you're out there looking for your job or even your current company, company now, if you're struggling with anything, if you feel like you want to help your your um you know your mental well-being and you have a job you should contact your hr department talk to them and say do we have this available and if not um you know suggest it um you know a good hr is being um you know open and frank and welcoming any complaints and being prompt so um the only constant is change and so um you know as as we continue to grow um suggestions and change is the constant yeah. Um, so it's really important to, um, you know, if you want some help, if you don't want anyone to talk to, come to your HR department, ask what opportunities are available, because I can guarantee you they will probably have an EAP program mm-hmm. if they already provide health insurance. Okay. All right. Now, if you have um, an insurance card, there's a number on the back of those cards that you can contact that they will provide, um, they will direct you to the right people to talk to for this program. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. But as far as as far as just emotional stability and emotional 
absorption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people need to talk. Um, we're how, human. How did, how did, so how do you deal with that? People, I think people con- like frequently ask or think about, damn, so like, what does the therapist do when they're getting done at the end of the day talking to all these people? And the answer is therapists go see other good therapists. So like, do you, do you have any, do you talk to like another HR officer about like things that are going on in there? Like, what do you guys, what do you do specifically? Again, your experience. Um, well, I think it does depend on the topic at hand. If it's something more serious, um, then it's usually brought up to not only myself, but the whole HR department. So it's myself and my HR manager. Um, but you know, I do have, I think I have a great relationship with um, a lot of employees and not most of them. Um, you know, at least that's my goal. Right. Um, so I do keep some things to myself and it's, it's usually not looking for, um, you know, advice. It's just really just a vent. Um, sometimes we just need to vent and get some things off our chest and, um, you know, whether that be about personal life and work, um, we're here to listen. Um, but there is definitely some hard times, um, recently, um, you know, with the pandemic and the mandates and that brought up a lot of, um, you know, sensitive opinions and feelings. Yeah. And so it's just really important to um, to remain neutral and listen and, um, you know, be as supportive, supportive as you can. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard, but, um, you know, it's also a blessing as well. And, uh, you know, just the big thing is being there to listen. Yeah. And the big thing for me is that the fact that they're comfortable to come to me and tell me about their problems, whether it be, work or personal. And really, it's 50-50. You know, sometimes employees will call me just to chat. You know, I had this, I told you about this one person. Um, He called me and he said, oh, hey, I just wanted to call and bother you. You know, it's it's been a few weeks. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Right, right, right. um, You know, that just made me feel really good that, you know, this person was thinking about me and he hasn't seen any emails from me that in a while. So, um, you know, back to the appreciation thing. Uh, I think it's just maintaining a good relationship with with uh, with anyone really it's what is key really just listening and being open-minded and um knowing that they can come to you for support yeah yeah i i have a a deep appreciation for any vocation that that trains listening i think listening is super super important i don't think that it's happening nearly as much as people think that it is it's really a skill that yeah that needs to be I don't even know if you can teach listening skills. Can you? Yeah, yeah, man. It it it, it takes it takes time. I mean, one, there's always literature. Like, there's always like I have communications books that'll tell you certain facts about listening and what active listening is, what passive listening is, what stops people from actually listening, like the obstacles there. There's a lot more to it than people think when they just say listening skills. I've I've noticed that because a lot of people think that they're actually doing it when yeah. when when they're not. So. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I dated I dated someone in their job. What they did, I mean, first of all, let me tell you, she was much better than me. When I say that, I mean, I, she shouldn't have been dating me. Like, I, at that point in my life, at that stage, <laughs> she, like, she just shouldn't have been dating me. Uh-huh. She, was, she was much more evolved and advanced. Uh-huh. She was just much more emotionally intelligent at the time. She knew how to better articulate her feelings. Okay. Right. Yeah. She was just her listening skills were better than mine at the time. She, I mean, she was amazing. Now her job, I think first and foremost, she 
she was like in the Peace Corps for like four years, four or five years, something like that. And she was teaching English in in some country. I I should really remember the country, but this is a long time ago. But when she came back, she was doing work for the government. She was she was doing asylum interviews. So when refugees from other countries were trying to gain asylum into the United States of America, she was one of the people that was that were doing the interviews that were hearing the people out and hear, mm-hmm. and, and under, trying to understand exactly what their plight was to get into the United States. And when I tell you, I've only it's 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 a handful. I've been on this planet and I said 30 years on the last episode that I just recorded to and I realized I got to stop saying that. It's 31 now. I'm old. 31 years I've been here on this planet. I've met and with my personality, I've met a lot of people. A handful of people that I've seen actively listen. I mean, they're there. They're present. They're locked in. It's like you can it, there's like a like a taut rope between their mind and yours. Like they're just they're picking up on everything. And I would be talking to this person and she would just she would look at me in, in the way that I hope the way that I look at people mm. now. But she would just look at me in such a way. And you could tell that when I, someone else was speaking, she was in listening mode. Like you, you could just tell by her posture that it never seemed like it was time for her to like jump and cut you off or anything like that. She was just sitting there, just look, just like so focused on everything that was happening. And then when you would get done talking and it would register to her that it's time for her to talk, you would see her like snap out of that mode. Like she would just be looking and then, and then, and then it would come time for speak, but it was, it was so, it was so interesting. And I'm like, wow, your job, I mean, extremely important. You're letting you're, you are one of the gates that is in between someone's pathway, right? If being in or out of the United States, gaining refuge, extremely important job. And you, the last thing that you would want as a refugee is you're talking to someone and you're trying to spill your heart to them and and plead your case why you need to be in the United States of America. And you look at them and you're getting the idea that they're not listening to you. Oh, my God. Ooh. Oh, That's my. scary to think about. And you know what? I'm sure in their mind, you got a book this thick when maybe they only have the time to maybe even tell them this much. So right, they really right. get to know the whole story in just that one sitting. I'm not really sure how that works. Um, right. How many times they get to talk, but. I'm certain you have to cram your story. Like, you have to try to make it as concise as possible. Right. Yeah. And do you ever are you, do you ever talk to someone and you're in this really great conversation and then you leave and then you're at home and you're like, oh, man, like I should have thought about that, too. Uh, you know, that, it's just that I mean, should have said that. And I'm sure that happens a lot. And that's that can be scary. Well, I'm certain if you if you're going into that interview, you've probably prepared. I would hope that one has prepared if you're trying to get yourself and maybe your family into another country. I would hope yeah, that you have absolutely. prepared. You probably you're like, I know, like I've written out. I don't brainstormed. I got an outline, a rough draft, a, another rough draft, a final draft. Like I know exactly <laughs> what needs to be said here. 
Mm-hmm. But in the moment, you know. Yeah, something could. I, I know, you know, I know, yeah. I, I know. It, it could be like that. But again, you all would this. You hope they wouldn't. Uh, you would hope. You would, just, you would just hope. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just love these professions that train people in their listening because you got to do the same too. I would I would hate to go down to my HR department and I'm talking to them about any issue I have, whether, you know, I'm dealing with any sort of, again, harassment or uh, I don't know, any sort of malpractice to any degree, money issues. And I'm looking at the person and it just seems like they're in their head thinking about the movie on Netflix they're about to watch when they get home. And they're just counting the seconds till you get the fuck out of their office. See, people like that, um, you don't want to come and talk to people like that. You no. don't trust them. You don't feel comfortable in doing that. Mm. I'm so glad that you're doing what you're... I'm so serious. Whether I'll never be someone that has to come talk to you in the HR office, but I'm just so glad that you give a shit about what you're doing. So someone has these people at your company have you to come and talk to like that means something. It really, really does, because people get put in positions a lot of the time. And, you know, maybe they have good benefits and they're making good money, but they don't really like you said, they don't give a shit about the job. They just they got the money. They got the, the benefits, but their heart is not in it. So they half ass the job. And there's just certain jobs where you where you just can't you can't do that. You we like you can't afford to just not really care about it because these are other people's livelihoods at stake. Yeah. And, you know, to add on to that, uh, you know, if you make a lot of money, but you're not actually fully passionate about what you're actually doing, um, you might think that. But there's a lot of different reasons why someone might not be passionate about what their job is. So let's say for me, example, I'm focus in IT information technology with GovCon. Um, so there's IT professionals who have so many- Wait, what is that company that you said- GovCon, of government contracting. Understood. So, you know, you can have a lot of people who just, you know, they love IT, maybe they're in software development. So they've had so many software development type positions and um, maybe they're just not finding that fit at the company. And I think that's really important and that's where mm. um, people like, like, like me come in. Um, to put that human back in HR. Um, you know, we don't want you to feel like you work here, but we want you to feel like you belong here too. And that means calling me just because you haven't talked to me in a while, just to yeah. have a conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. I, I, okay. Okay. That's a big piece that um that you that you need to have in um in a company. Mm. Um that's kind of what I what what I mean by we have um such an important role in um being human and human resources instead of being the no police and apologizing for mistakes. And that's not our job, by the way, we don't, we shouldn't apologize for being awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we, we I do a lot. And, and yeah, I mean, I love it. Um, you know, there's still a lot to learn, but I mean, HR is not the, um, you know, the, the only hard job out there. There's so many different, um, so many other jobs that I'm sure are very, very hard, but um, just, Everyone's Since, complaining just about the I'm job. Just because I'm here and that's what I'm doing and that's what you're asking about. Um, um, yeah, I'm glad to talk about it. Um, mm. But yeah, coming to to people, feeling comfortable um, and having that kind of tight-knit relationship is really important and that's what I love doing. Um, I feel it's really rewarding. I feel really appreciated and um, 
I feel like I have a lot of friends. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about how we were walking past the dog park, and I was telling you that I, yeah. I had also dated someone where they had met all their friends from the dog park. That's mm-hmm. not how I grew up. I grew up, I have friends from school, friends from work, friends from everywhere that I go, really. I end up pulling some friends from. But this person was like, no, all of my friends are from the dog park. I, I bring my dog over there, and we have little play dates. We go out to little cookouts and you know, apartment complex festivities and events. And those are my friends. You know, I will say um, the best relationships I've made were from past. Um, dog work- parks? No, not dog <laughs> parks. Just um, past work positions I've been in. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just working at different places. It's I've made the best friends. Yeah. That, yeah. I was thinking about some friends that I've made, too. That that That's an that's another thing, too, is that that idea I was I was referencing of trying to get to the next place, going to the next place. But you you just never know where you meet people. Mm-mm. You never know. Sometimes you're in a rush to go somewhere or get away from somewhere or do something else. And you're just not understanding the possibilities, the beautiful possibilities embedded in anywhere that you are at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I've met plenty of great people over the years. At all, you're, you're at, like you said, every single job I've ever had, I've come away with at least, at least one really good one. At least there's always a go-to person. Yeah, each place you've been at. Yeah, yeah. You're like I can, I can always hit up two or three, but there's always at least one that's like they're on my team now. Like they're in the circle. Like as I go through life, I'm picking up people and putting them in a closer tight-knit mm-hmm. circle and like, there's always there's always one from every from every place yeah and you know the one thing that i've noticed is that um the best relationships come when you're really not looking for them mm-hmm. um it's a big thing for me um, bars go ahead go ahead go ahead go yeah ahead. Um, no just um my closest friends each and every one of them i was i wasn't out looking for a relationship it just happened they just walked in my life and um, you know, you'd really be surprised on who just walks into your life when they're supposed to. And, um, you know, it's it's a really great thing when someone walks into your life and you don't know the impact that they're going to have on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they aren't, they aren't in your life forever after that point, they still are in your head. They're still in your heart. No matter if they left a rocky relationship or bad, they still kind of Means you not I wouldn't I wouldn't say means you into the person you are, but you learn from every relationship that you have. Yeah. Um, and I will get a little bit off for a little bit. Um, I don't really do resolutions because I kind of feel like I'm always improving myself. If I want to fix this and I'll fix it, I don't have to wait till January. But um one thing that I was at my uh, my networking event, the the Sharm Conference in Vegas, um, and Steve Brown was saying that uh if you're stuck with me in an elevator, you're gonna hate me. And he's mm-hmm. saying, if 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 you if we are in an elevator together, I'm gonna say hi. I'm gonna tell you my name. I'm gonna ask how you are. Mm-hmm. And I've never really done that. I've just kind of kept my, to myself in an mm-hmm. elevator, no matter if I'm at a hotel or if I'm at my office building or some random place. A new thing for me is I just hi. Like if you're with me in an elevator, mm-hmm. what like what's the silence? I want to break that silence, and that's mm-hmm. something I kind of wanted to start doing. Okay. So you don't you never know. One thing, one high can lead to a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. This, that's very, very true. I've had, I've had too many people. I mean, I used to, when I was just like running rampant on, 
on like Tinder, Hinge, like those sort of dating apps, there was always these expectations of just like stating exactly what you want. And people on there like, I want a husband tomorrow. I want, you know, a boyfriend today. I want this. I want that. But it was very definitively stated exactly what it was. And I always thought that it was quite interesting. Everybody clearly is entitled to go and look for whatever they want to. Mm -hmm. But I've had so many friends tell me, man, like, I want a girl. Like, I need a girlfriend. First of all, I need, relax, buddy. Like, I need a girlfriend. Like, I need this. And, and I've seen people go on repetitive dates and just, it, it just end up dried up mm. barren wasteland of, of an, what could have been an opportunity. I, I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're going into it with these wild expectations, these extremely definitive expectations, mm-hmm. and they're not giving the opportunity, the moments that they are sharing with that person, the opportunity to breathe and be what they could be organically. You're trying yeah. to marginalize someone into who you think they ought to be for you. You are not fully present mm-hmm. in that moment if you have this thought of, the, of this purpose in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have it, sure. We're not going to judge you for wanting something, but even if you think you're not thinking about it, mm-hmm. it might still come out even if in uh, unintentionally. Actions. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, can, I can totally agree. Um, you know, when I say relationships come when you really aren't looking for them, the best ones... I have so many great friends that came that way. Um, but then there are some times when I have been on a date and it just mm-hmm. didn't work out. And that's okay. But then you'll also have this date that you might have not met on, like a dating app. It's just someone you met out. Right. And your first date turns into a three and a half hour first date. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's never happened to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of crazy. And it, it's, it's, it's a great thing that we get to experience. So even a high in an elevator can... Change your relationship before you three three and a half know. hour date. Let me ask you something. What is what do you feel like has to be there in order for a date to reach those sort of lengths for you? Like what has to be there? It's just the chemistry. the The conversations mm. just flow. Mm. Um, sometimes you, I don't know if you can re- recall anyone. Um, when you think about this, if there's a name that pops into your head, but is there anyone that you have to feel like you're trying to talk to? Mm. It just does. It's not easy. It doesn't flow. Mm. Um, you're finding things to talk to. There's an awkward silence, and you feel like you have to say something because no one's saying anything. Mm. You know, um, that kind of thing. It's that all. That stuff is just not there. Mm. Um, and I will say, it's it's not easy to find um, to, to find people like that, especially if it's. Just someone you met and it's a first date. Yeah. But it happens and it's it's great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is exactly. Some people right. just don't have that chemistry. Well, yeah, I guess I, I have to say I that know. most people don't have that chemistry. I've yeah, said it most. on here before. I'll say it again. I, some of my favorite times is just having women tell me about their other dates. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love you it. You know, I was, you did ask me about one of mine and yeah. it kind of threw me off, but in a good way. Cause okay. that's something that n- normally I wouldn't be asked that kind of question. And it was fun wow. to talk about. Wow. So really? I got to know about you a little bit more. And mm-hmm. and that's where you can kind of <laughs> yes, get into I, these conversations I that told you can keep you. going. You can have. Yes. Yeah. You can have these hour long conversations at a bar when you just met someone for their first time. Mm hmm. 
I, I told you about the, the woman that, that lied at the party and told everyone that the baby she just had was mine and yeah. it, it wasn't mine. I reached out to her. Did you? Yeah, I did. You did after we talked about it? I did. I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, yeah, it was after Good. that. I reached out to I'm her. Glad, I'm it, glad to hear that. So, so that's a little bit of me reaching out for reconciliation, mm-hmm. even though I'm not necessarily the person in the wrong there. So it, yeah, that was just a little bit of what I spoke about at the very beginning of this episode. Like that was that was one of the like eight people that I've tried to or have contacted in the last month. So can I ask you something? Do it. When you say you want to reconcile with people, mm-hmm. and let's say if this someone is reaching out to you and they want to apologize or try to fix something or mm-hmm. just establish a communication bridge again, okay, if it's do you accept that? Or if it's someone that you really had a rocky relationship with and you really don't in your life, do you not say anything at all? Or are you open to bringing this person back into your life? Unless so they try to kill me. With fixing your relationship. I'm so with it. I'm so with it. I don't care. I don't care. No matter who these people were or what happened, I can promise you they were trivial matters. They were insignificant. They were infinitesimal. They we don't. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> see why you why? <laughs> I so thought I might get you on that one. I thought that you might look at me crazy if I used that. So I'm glad I was right. Um, yeah, it's just I. They're just they're these things that that stop us. And you know, to be honest with you, I'm glad you asked me that question because. A lot of my grief um, on January 5th when my grandmother passed, Mm -hmm. a lot of the grief that came for me wasn't about her passing. It Mm -hmm. wasn't about her leaving the planet. Like that is something that is expected. That is something I I am at peace with. I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand and, and I acknowledge and am at peace with the how ephemeral this life is for us. I understand it's fleeting. And so I'm at peace with that idea, right? It was the grief I was feeling for the other people, other people that were going through it, that were feeling bad for whatever variety of reasons they were feeling bad. Maybe they maybe they didn't have the best relationship, right, with, with my grandmother. Maybe there was something they wanted to say they didn't get a chance to. There was something they wanted to do or a place they wanted to take or they didn't get a chance to. Maybe it was the, the the last moments that they shared with them weren't quite what they needed to be. Whatever it is, so yeah. I'm feeling the grief for these other people. When it comes to what we're talking about now with these people I'm reaching out to, for the people that don't say anything back to me, because I always tell people, "Hey, listen, if it's if it's me that did the wrong, hey." I want you to understand that this is just something I want to say. I to I believe that in the scope of things in life, the larger picture, these things that we have shared in the past, th- this I mean it is not it is minuscule. Mm-hmm. They do not matter, right? Now, that is not to diminish your feelings about the thing you're allowed to feel whatever it is you would feel about it. I want you to know that over here things are all good. I've all I've loved what your presence on this planet has meant to me in whatever capacity it was and it did exist and it does exist whatever. 
you do not have to reply to me. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this to say this so that you know this and so that I don't regret not saying it. And I don't regret you not knowing it. You do with this information what you will. The people that can't say, that can't muster up whatever it is they need to muster up to say Mm -hmm. something back to me, whether it's courage or it's forgiveness or it's the courage to forgive, whatever. I, I mean, I'm not weeping at the house, but I, to some degree, I grieve for them because they're not at a place to be able to let things go mm-hmm. and and love and forgive and that thing it may not be you may call it a little thing as we spoke of before mm-hmm. you you th- these people may not be going to sleep crying thinking about whatever the fuck Earl did however many years ago I'm certain of it I'm certain they're not doing that but holding on to that grudge, however little or insignificant they think that it is, it's some bit of just malice and in, in, in hate or hurt that they just hold in. It's some bit. And again, we saw what that one bit did to that guy in this story after 20 years of them little plates being set in front of him at that table. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the whole thing is I'm just trying to flush out with the all the rest of my years every day, flush out any bit of that that I have in me. There's no place for that in the way that I'm trying to live life. So when you ask me how open am I? Yo, if anyone's listening to this episode and there's an issue or there's been an issue or you feel like there's an issue, you're not quite sure if there's an issue. Hit me up. You know, you know. Find me, mm. ALW Pod, on Instagram, <laughs> or you can go to Love Earl Zero on Instagram. Personal account. Make sure to hit- share and like. Yeah, share, like, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but first and foremost, come hit me up. I, I'm, I, I, I'm willing. It don't matter what happened in the past with any of these people. I do not care. That's good. It's Let's really come hug it out. Admirable. Um, and it takes a lot of strength to do that too, because, um, you know. Even myself in the past, I've had people who I'm just not ready to do that again. So we've spoken a little yeah, bit about yeah. yeah. So um, it's about taking care of yourself before you can yes. You are able to to do that with 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 someone. Else. Yeah, yeah. And by no means just be reaching out. Or- oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, by no means do I just think everybody's just going to. I do not expect everybody to just start picking up the phone. Oh, we're all set it. And just start picking up the phone and just calling all these people and just say, let's be friends. friends? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why can't we be friends? Yeah, no, no, no. Who sung that? I have no idea. It just came to me. Anywho, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm totally with it. Um, I'm totally with it. I don't know how we got on that tangent of just forgiveness. I, yeah, and, I asked you how open you are. Oh yeah, to... we just yeah, you just decided to take it there. Well, there was also something else that you wanted to ask. I, I, so I guess you were having lunch the other day. Oh and for yeah. For some reason, something popped into your mind. You want to give me the whole rundown on yeah. how this happened? Yeah. So I were you eating a ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> what was going on? No, you were eating. You were eating um, goldfish. Isn't that your snack? Is that your snack? Goldfish? I love goldfish. Goldfish, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Salt on it, yeah. Like goldfish, Cheez-Its. Yeah, anyway. goldfish, Cheez-Its. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, so I was actually at a work lunch the other day. 
and I had this this thought came to my head and I I thought about you and I thought about I got to talk to Earl about this you know whether if you wanted to this is a topic you want to talk about on the pod or if this is something you and me I was like I want to talk about this with Earl because we tend to have those conversations that can eventually lead into how you eat your cereal. Like yeah. <laughs> how you how you um, eat your cereal. What else was it? It was, oh yeah, our favorite like ice creams. Like what do we do with ice creams? Yeah. And that's when you found, found out that I have banana mint Reese's cups, gummy bear. <laughs> and you were like, oh, well, I can't eat gummy bears because now the gummy it's bears like, are hard. Yeah. And, the, and the bit of the gummy bear tasting experience is the fact that if you keep them like in between your thighs, like at a movie theater and you pull them out, then they're all kind of like warm and gooey and they met in your mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like this is getting deep if you really think about it. But the whole reason why I like to have the gummy bears in there is mm-hmm. because now you get to suck on them for long enough to get them to that point. They're yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was interesting how that came into that kind of conversation. It is, it is. Um, no, but I thought <laughs> about something and I was like, I want to talk to Earl about it. And I can already tell that this is something that you're going to be a little bit iffy about. <laughs> Like you're, 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 no. <laughs> Me? Well, you're going to have your opinion. And, oh, and you, okay. And so here's the thing. So I had this negative thought in my head. Okay. And I was like, okay, I want to talk about it. But then I was able to think about it more and resolve my negative thoughts. Okay. After that. Okay. Um, but I do think that I'm not the only one who might have this kind of thoughts in their head. So. And you I didn't was, talk to anyone else about this? Like no, you just did all this, this on your own? This is the first time I'm bringing this up. So oh, talking to you, talking to whoever's listening. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, so this has come up a few t- a few times within the last four or five months um, when people ask you, how are you? Um, you know, most of the time they say good, but they don't actually talk about what's actually going on. And I think the big reason for that is because with anybody, with you and me, if you have a new friend, whether it be a family member, a friend, more than a friend, friend to benefits or relationship. You don't want to be around. Friends with benefits, shout out. Sure, yeah. No, just no. You, <laughs> I'm totally fucking you, you know, you don't want to be around negative people. You don't want to hear people complain or always have something negative to say. Mm. Um, and so I found myself, someone asked, my boss actually, he asked me how I'm doing and what's, what's new, what's been going on. And if I were to truthfully answer that question, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be a fun conversation, right? It would be something negative or something that I'm dealing with. Okay. And I'm just like, who wants to talk about or talk with someone who's negative? Mm. So I, you know, I find myself sitting back and I'm like, well, maybe if we weren't around other people, if it was just him and me, then yeah, I would go into it a little mm. bit more. But there's a few times when I was in a social setting and they're like, oh, how are you? And I felt like it just wasn't an appropriate place mm. or even felt comfortable saying that because, you know, they don't want to. They don't want to talk to someone who's negative. And um, even uh, over text message, if you haven't talked to someone in two weeks who you just met and they're like, oh, how are you? And if you had a crap week, you can say you had a crap week, but you're not going to go into it because you don't want to feel like you're a burden or anything like that. Mm. Like, who wants to listen to that? Mm. Um, And so I, I, you know, I wanted to bring it up and just say that, um, you know, we're human and it's okay to have problems. And I felt this a few times recently, and I have many times in the past, um, afraid to say how you're actually doing because you don't want to feel like a negative person. Yeah, But yeah, then yeah. I came to the realization is that I know who I am and I am not a negative person. I am just in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And naturally, humans need to talk about things. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of found myself battling back and forth. You know, I want to be a positive person, but then I realized I was like, wait, I am a positive person. Why am I feeling ashamed to tell someone else how I feel? Because 
I was holding back, but then I realized this is actually a good thing because one, you want people to um, listen to your problems and still come around and mm-hmm. as long as you're not a negative person all around, right? Right. And there's something that you can learn about that person, whether it be the way they do life, the way they think, the way they make decisions. So there's definitely um, a lot of learning that you can do in a conversation that you might not feel confident in bringing up because it's not who you want to be. Mm-hmm. No, this was no, 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 but I I heard everything that you said and this is great. And I do not believe, I mean, this is, this, this will be episode 101 when it comes out, right? A lot of them, a lot of them. Yeah. And so we've spoken about a lot of different things on here and more recently really gotten into our feelings and. You know, how we're interacting with other people and and trying to derive more meaning in the relationships that we have with people and not just people that share our last names, just people in general. But we haven't quite touched on this specifically, so I'm glad that you brought this. I'm really I'm glad and, and, and I'm glad with your thought process. I mean, you know, getting through this, realizing that you're you're a person with with thoughts and emotions and belief and they run through you and you assess them and you prioritize them and you move some out of the way and you embrace others. And that's the way that we really ought to be interacting with this idea that you're bringing in because it's not you being a negative person, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's you experiencing something and wanting to divulge information about the experience because it may help you process the information that you've experienced. Yeah. And we're all doing that, but in the sense that we're all experiencing a vast array within this spectrum, right? Of feeling good, happy, sad, you know, ecstasy, depression. Like there's there's all different sorts of things that we're feeling, but you're right. When it comes to how you doing. Sometimes you you'll just say, "Hey, good morning" to someone. They'll be like, "Good," and you, like, nigga, very very that, casual, walking past like, somebody. Like, good, and you. I didn't even ask you how you were. I said, "Hey, good morning." Someone just because they're so mm. robotic, yeah, they're just like, yeah. "Good," and you. Well, that's not what I. Slow down. I didn't mm. ask you that question yet. I said, "Good morning." You're answering back to something I didn't ask you yet. <laughs> good thing. Just just listen. Uh-huh. Listen. Mm-hmm. So. I was having a conversation with someone actually quite recent about negative people and specifically now we're talking about this in the workplace. And I was saying, and I've talked about this on an older pod before. It's it's just wild thinking. When you think about a negative person, I'm thinking, and, and we don't necessarily maybe have the ratios for this, but how often do you have to open your mouth and say something negative to kind of be a negative person? And I started thinking about the ratios. I started thinking about like percentages. If you open your mouth, if I come and I talk to you 10 times in one day and eight of those times when you said something, you said something negative, that's wild. 80% of the time you open your mouth, something negative comes out. That's that's a kind of wild. Mm-hmm. And then I just started thinking, I was like, what if I just, what if I crank this back? 
Like, how far do I have to crank this back for it not to be crazy anymore? 50. Let's do 50%. If I come and I talk to you 10 times and five times something negative comes out your mouth, negative, I'm thinking 50 50 is kind of still very it's high. Still, yeah, yeah. 50 you mean 50% of the time I come talk to you, there's a there's a there's a 50% chance that something negative is gonna come out of your mouth. That's that's wild. Mm-hmm. It's a coin toss. Then I, I was bringing it back. I was like, okay, let's do 25%. So one out of four times, still kind of a lot. Yeah, it is. 20%? Yeah. One out of five times? Still kind of a lot. So I was like, damn, like for you to be saying something negative. I th- I mean, just it, it it's kind it, it just you gives just you something it gives you think of it, an it gives you something to think about, like how often are you just speaking on something negative? Now, mm-hmm. I don't think that that means that. I think there's a way to go about doing what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think there is people that are just complaining for complaining sake. They're just they're just spewing negative information in just vile bile out of their mouth. Maybe it makes them feel better. Maybe just, again, misery loves company and they just want to smother their own misery with some more people's misery. Like if you feel some type of bad, it'll make me feel a little bit better. What I don't know what everyone's case is, but I think that you, if someone asks you, how are you doing? You can, I think you can give them an honest answer without it sounding like the world is out to get you and life just sucks and there's no recourse that you could consciously take to maybe better your situation. There's, there's, there's a difference between, between being very biased in your, in your complaining Right. There are levels to complaining. You could be very biased about your complaining and you could just be the victim all the time to life in its circumstances. Yeah. If you look at it that way. Or you could just be objectively stating things that have happened in your life. Yeah. Just just plain observations of yesterday. This happened. It kind of made me feel this way. This is what I'm kind of thinking about doing about it. Or this is the way that I'm processing it. But I think that there's a difference and we can read it on human beings. I think we know, just like we know when someone's really listening to us, Mm -hmm. we know when someone's just complaining for complaining sake, and this is just what they do. When someone's trying to truly process something and they just need someone to hear them out and and, and talk about things, Mm -hmm. and they're just genuinely curious about the experiences that they've had and what it is they're trying to do to work their way out of it or through it. I think that we can we can read those things on people. And I think through knowing you specifically, I don't think anyone's going to look at you if you answer that question with anything less than, I'm f- superb, it's amazing, oh my God, like lilies and daisies and unicorns and rainbows. Like I, I think if it's, if it's anything less than that, I think it's okay. People will know that you're not that person that's just running around trying to rain on everyone's parade. I think you will be given that benefit because we know who you are. I, yeah. I, I, but you, you have to live in such a way that people know that you're not, you're not that person. 
you know, to just yeah. be running around and just shitting on people's day all day long. So they're like, oh, she has something she wants to talk about. We should we should probably give I should give her my attention because she's not she's not that person. So she's here at a real genuine just divulgence of information and, and out of genuine desire to connect with another human being. And that I think you got to respect. You, you got to respect that. I respect it. I, and, I, and I don't think that we should really even be walking around with the pleasantries and just asking people how they are if you're not ready for a real fucking answer. You, how about you just shut your fucking mouth and don't ask people questions that you don't want the answers to? <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And um, I guess the only, you know, to add on to that, um, you can you can tell when people you have problems that they want to talk about they you, you can you can tell hey this person knows how to work through their their problems but mm. there's other people that might not know how to do that yet and that's okay yeah but that's definitely a you know it's some it's a growth opportunity as well whether it mm. be you're the person who has problems they want to talk about it or you want you want to be there and you want to be the listener uh, but all in all I don't think I'm the only one who has these kinds of thoughts and no. you know you're right you know there people ask you how are you all the time rather be at your Dunkin Donuts or at the car dealership or anything like that but then there's people who, who you have deeper relationships whether it be my boss um you know or um my friend I just started bartending with a few months ago and we started getting close but mm. um you know oh I don't want to sound like I'm negative but um mm. so I was battling that thought with myself a few times recently and I found a good way to think about it. Yeah. You know that yeah, that 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 really is funny. You said you said a lot of very interesting things that I have I mean as always been pondering on. Go ahead. Have you ever found yourself in that situation where someone asks you how you are and you don't really want to whether you don't want to talk about it or because you just don't want to bring up a negative conversation, you'd rather talk about something positive? Do you ever find yourself at, Putting at, a filter on. At this stage in my life. Probably not. <laughs> right. So so at this stage in my life, people got to understand, especially if you see me every day, like people, if you're around me, you know, you know what it is. Like you know who I am. You know that every time I speak, it's coming from the heart. Mm -hmm. Every single time. I can't stop it anymore. It's just how the way I'm conditioned. So. I'm letting everybody know. Don't fucking talk to me if you don't. If you do, if you if you truly do not want a real answer, you probably should not speak to me. Because when people ask me how I'm doing or how my morning was or what I have going on in life, I'm locked in, and I'm about to tell you what's going on in my life or how I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. And if it's oh, well, you know, my grandma just passed, and you know, dealing with that, or you know, my family's whatever the case is, or you know, I've been I've been stretching a whole lot and my sleep's getting better. Sometimes people ask me something and my answer would just be, man, I was at the supermarket the other day and I found pomegranates. I never found pomegranates there before and pomegranates are my favorite food. Like, I'm really excited. I just got like four pomegranates at the house and I'm really excited to peel them and, and like just have seeds of pomegranates in like in my big red solo cups at home because I kind of just like shake them in my mouth like sunflower seeds. Yeah. So like, I'm really excited about my pomegranates. Like, I'm going to give you an answer that's indicative of how I'm truly feeling. It's going to be a truthful answer. So I think a lot of people just really respect that and enjoy that. And they're like, wow, I wasn't really, I thought you were just going to say good like most people and walk away. But when they don't, they appreciate that. And they're like, wow, I want to have 
I want to meet more of those people, whether it be you're walking past them in a parking lot and they just even if they give you a compliment and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. It's so refreshing and we don't see it that often. Refreshing. Refreshing is a great compliment to give. When if if anyone ever gets the compliment, man, like you're a breath of fresh air. You're refreshing. That's an awesome, awesome compliment. That's an awesome compliment. It's like, wow, a breath of fresh. I mean, when was the last time you were just like in a smoky place or like, I don't know, it was just real humid or stuffy in a place and you walked outside and got a breath of fresh air? Just or you just went on a hike or some or walk somewhere and you got a breath of fresh air. You remember what that feels like? It feels great, doesn't it? Imagine telling mm-hmm. someone that they feel like that. It really f- made me feel like um that you really did appreciate my time and you cared about what I had to say and you were in you were in the present. You were in the moment. Yeah. One th- oh yeah, one thousand percent. That's something you're definitely gonna get out of me. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm definitely here. Um, you know, when, when I was talking to that friend about people just being wildly negative, I spoke to another friend about that conversation and we spoke about how if you sometimes, you know, people living on the fringe on either end of any spectrum is just very interesting. And it's, I mean, by definition, it is, it is extreme. So you people spend a lot of time, and I used to be one of these people, I'm glad I'm not anymore, that you knew what negative looked like, and you knew what negative sounded like, you knew what negative felt like. So you didn't want to be that person, especially in the workplace. You want people to be happy around you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you want people to feel comfortable coming to talk to you about whatever. So then you try to be the antithesis of this hateful, mean-spirited, Grinch-like energy. And then you become a clown. And I think that being on any of these extremes is fucking annoying and it's disingenuous and I don't really want to be around it. So, and it made me think about why clowns, why, why clowns are probably somewhere in the top 10, if not 15, fears that people have. Like people are terrified of clowns. A lot of people are terrified of clowns. Yeah, they are. And, and I thought about this idea of being just extremely overtly, gratuitously happy and over the top about your joy and happiness. <laughs> Everything is great. I love it. And it's like, yo, relax. Are you trying to convince me that you're happy, or are you happy? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- who are you trying to convince? You, me or yourself? Like, who? Wh- what's going on? And so, I've 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 seen both sides of this spectrum, and I you certainly don't just want to wallow and bask and marinate in whatever the negative person's got going on. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to do any of those things with the just overly happy. I'm talking about Care Bear, heart rainbow shooting out of the chest at you in the face at all points in time, throwing daisies and rainbows and yeah, it sounds like a headache. Cotton candy and shit at you all the time, like yo, re fucking. It's just too like every time they talk to you, it's just like this and like it's just yo, that can't be you. That's that that can't be you all the time. 
you have to deal with like a range of emotions. You can't just be on a thousand cloud nine 100% of the time. So even that to me is distasteful. Do you feel that people do that for a first impression when they're all super happy? I mean, I've seen people just try to keep keep that on like as a persona. I've seen people just as soon as they get wherever it is they're at in front of people, they they just try to put this thing on. But I've also known some of these people to be sad Mm -hmm. or have some issues going on behind. I mean, it's just imagine the clown at the fair. I'm just, you know what I mean? You, I kind of get this idea, not to say all clowns are like this, but I kind of get an idea of, maybe because I've seen it, we've seen it on films or something like that, but you get the idea of a clown jumping in front of the kids and fucking juggling bowling pins and making stuffed animals and all this sort of stuff, and then when he gets paid and it's the end of the night, he's fucking drinking a bottle of Jack somewhere in his trailer, and he's like, oh, fuck these kids. You know, and, and it's it's that dichotomy of, of a person. It's like I'm going to try to exude and exhibit as much happiness and love as I possibly can. But really, once I walk away from this instance, it's not really like that. When I get back to my house and I look at myself in the mirror, I'm not looking at all that shit. And so I just I would just like to see just a, a range of. Of emotions and experiences within a human being. Yeah, that's it, all. It wouldn't be healthy to to be like that all the time. No, no, I don't. I don't think it would. <laughs> I don't think it would. Emily, what are? Okay, I'll I'll say this. Uh, we talked about dating a little bit, mm-hmm. and I kind of asked you this about people in general. So it may be the the same answer. What is your non-negotiable in the dating world it could very well be the same thing and if it is let's go let's let's talk about it okay um yeah we did talk about this and um i think it's really great to talk about um for me wow you have so many but i would say to narrow it down to your top three you want to do three that'd probably be easier if you um the big things for me is um i guess i kind of talked about it earlier but um working on yourself um, people can always improve, right. whether that be in your head or if it's fitness or if it's, I don't know, therapy or if it's with your job or if it's um, being in touch with your family more. There's always something that you can improve um, in yourself and not saying that you have to improve stuff in yourself, but there's also things that you can grow, find and grow in yourself. Mm. Um, so working on yourself and grow, growing yourself is a big thing for me. Mm. Um, so that's something I look for or I look for. Um, you know, do you want to go to the gym more? Are you going to the gym? Um, you know, if you want to. How do you inquire about these things? Like if you're talking to someone, do, I mean, you do you just I mean, flat out ask? Yeah, them, you like, can ask if you feel comfortable, but that stuff, this stuff usually comes up in conversation. Right, right, they right, might right, right, say like, oh, like, you know, what are you really into? What are your hobbies? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, I, I go, I go to the gym, but I, I wanted to, I want to do yoga more. So I want to try to go to more yoga classes. It can mm-hmm. be something so small. It could be, um. If they want to start journaling more, um, it, it could be anything that they want. They have a goal that they want to meet, mm. um, working on yourself, whatever that might be. So I'd say that's my most important one. Okay. Um, my second one, I would probably say 
Maybe it's just the chemistry. Uh, we have to have that emotional intelligence. Okay. Um, I think it's it's not easy to find someone where you can sit down and have a real conversation where you're really in that moment and it's an emotional conversation. It's not just um, a really shallow conversation. How, how, how are you? How'd your day at work go? Mm. Um, I want to sit down and actually have a real conversation with you. Mm. Um, that's mm. another thing. What do you think gets in the way of that most? From your experience, what do you think gets in the way of you and whomever you're sitting across from having what you deem to be a real conversation with real substance, real meat and potatoes to it? Well, it could be, uh, you know, your creativity that day. Mm. Um, some some people just they I've can't think straight one. Before. Yeah. Well, some people might not be that creative one day and they might not be themselves. And another day they can be super talkative. Um, so it could depend on the day. Um but it's the willingness to be open to having that conversation because yeah. there's some view, different viewpoints that can come in. But um, I really think it's another thing that just flows naturally. Mm -hmm. um, having emotional intelligence is, so, is something important. You've touched on a couple of times and I've, I've noticed this about you is you do a really I mean, you spoke about being neutral when trying to deal with people's problems and especially if it comes across anything that, I mean, maybe health related, which again, in, in the U.S. has become politicized so clearly. Now you're dealing with the politics of it, which don't really exist. But I would assume, I would think that when someone does have an opposing viewpoint from yours, as you kind of assumed I was going to have about the, the subject you just brought up, to some degree, or you thought I was going to have an opinion, maybe not just an imposing opinion about, you know, what to say when somebody's asking you about your day and how you go about it, how you mm -hmm. interact with it. I would assume that you would do pretty well. It seems to me that you that you do pretty well of just just staying in the middle. Like you don't really seem to have like a dog in the race. I guess it would be a horse in the race, dog in a fight. Which is that's bad, right? Dog in the fight. We should probably stop using that one. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, uh, yeah, I just seem it seems that you remain pretty objective, and you you again you listen pretty well. So I don't know if I see you trying to fight so hard for your your biases or your positions on things as they stand in the moment. I think you do you would do pretty well at just listening and. And understanding where the other person is coming from. Because even as we talk through all these things, you always, to some degree, play either, either devil's advocate or angel's advocate, however you like to look at it. You always try to give the, well, you know, that person could just be feeling this and be dealing with this. And so maybe that could have, you know, brought this whole thing along. But you always give this other side. So I, I would just think that you would do pretty well in those what I mean, what could become a heated discussion or a high stakes conversation or a heated debate? I think that you would you would do pretty well. How have you how have you fared in those sort of instances? Have you, have you do you do all right? Is this a proper assessment or? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it all comes down to respecting the other person's thoughts and opinions. And if they want to talk about it with you, then sit down and listen, and then you can give your opinion. Okay. And then if they're willing to. If they're open to your opinion, great. Then you can continue your conversation. If not, then maybe it's just not the kind of kind of, kind of conversation you can have with that person. Mm. Yeah. And have you, that's, have you, that's, that's and it's good to know that early. So yeah. So you don't have to waste your time or. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Have you been discouraged learning that there are certain people that you would have really, really liked, or you felt like 
maybe you had expectations like this person should be the person that I should be able to have a certain type of conversation with. And it turned out that they weren't that person. Um, well, I've definitely had a few conversations with people that I wanted to get more out of. Um, like I couldn't break that surface. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Were Other you discouraged that, from it or, would, or, or hurt by it to any no. degree? You're just like, all right, I guess that's just no, what it is here. It's still a decent conversation, but it's just, um, move on. Just not, yeah. not, I mean, it might not be something that's on the tables, but then I, you know, we talked about this before and I don't, it doesn't have to be in the dating field, but I said, always be open to a second date. Oh yeah, you did say that, right? right. Cuz you said you never know exactly what the circumstances were that that may they could just be super nervous, yeah. it could be whatever. Yeah, so you might have, you know, an okay conversation then, but I mean, if there is no red flags or if they they got some of your your top things you're looking for, invite them back for another conversation and see and see if that's different. You're very generous, Emily. You're very Thank you. you're a very generous <laughs> date goer. A lot of people might not do that. I saw my dad and I were at a bar years ago and him and I were having, con- we were having great conversation too. And that's how you mm-hmm. know that this was funny because we were having great conversation and we were locked in, but w- the whole time we just heard this woman yapping away. I don't know if you're a lover of this too. I know people love to people watch, but specifically if you can, if you can sort of eye what you think might be a first date, oh, those are great. Oh, have you seen them? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've served bartending for. Years. Oh yeah, that's right. You can you can see him. Oh yeah, you've you been at the bar, that. so you, you can get see close that up as soon as the, this couple walks through the door. Oh, so you know? Okay, you ah. can see also how they treat each other, their body language too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that hard to, to notice. Yeah. Okay. You mm-hmm. can see like the little nervous things that they're doing, maybe playing mm-hmm. around with stuff and not really, again, having that chemistry or having the fluidity through their conversation. Like they haven't quite figured each other out yet. Yeah. They just haven't been comfortable yet. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, the great thing about it is um, with, with dating is that it's learning about yourself. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, you, yeah, you ought to be. I, yeah. Cause hopefully you're paying attention to the entire situation as a, as opposed to looking at them and expecting them to perform some sort of circus act to impress you. Because I'm certain that that's a perspective as well. Well, I, I hope that people don't do that because it's, it's exhausting to put on this kind of persona and then you're going to have to keep that persona for months. And if it does last for months, for years, and oh, then eventually goodness. it's going to crack. Oh, goodness gracious. You and I both know eventually that's not going to work and then they're going to see the true side and you just wasted all of this time. So as scary as it is, there's nothing wrong with completely being yourself, even if it is with someone new. Because if it is with someone new and they don't invite you back, why why do you want to talk? Why do you want to be in a relationship with them if they don't want to be in a relationship with you? Well, man, Emily, I, you know... I've been I've been podcasting for a little while now. I've been having a lot of conversations with a lot of people for a while now. I I wish it things were that easy. I wish I wish people re- just yeah like why would I just want to be in a relationship if someone just wasn't treating me right or just didn't love me for who I really was and how yeah, it's hard yeah. you know and I'm not perfect but yeah. you know it's a learning experience mm-hmm. and and you didn't give a third quite yet I don't believe oh third I would say sensuality sensuality okay mm. all right so let's let, all right so i mean do, 
would you like to elaborate? Uh, sure. Um, I think the sexual connection is extremely important, mm -hmm. um, just as much as having an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be the third one. Um, you know, whether it be sexual or whether it just be like um, heartfelt, um, mm. you have that open connection mm. um, with someone else. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so too. I definitely think so. I, 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 now that is a conversation that we have spoken on here sparingly throughout various episodes. I don't know. Oh no, I have I have spoken to at least at least one woman guest on here very yeah, vaguely ab about vaguely about sex but i guess if i mean if i were to ask you about it it would it would end up coming back to just being open and available to having conversation about things because sex in good sex i mean those are two different things sex right Good sex is going to end up coming from understanding. Understanding is going to come from conversation and taking accountability for what you're doing, what you're not doing, what you're seeing, what you're not seeing, what you're not acknowledging. And actually, the conversation that I did have with that with that woman on here, she said that she was she was dating someone for quite some time. And they would have sex. And afterwards, she would want to have conversation about it. Like, let's talk about what just took place. Mm. And the dude was just like, "No, that's weird. Like, that's weird. I, like, I don't, I don't, mm -mm. I don't, I don't want to." <laughs> Red flag, get out, ladies, get out of that relationship. You will want someone to have these conversations with you, and there is someone who will have these conversations. Well, yeah, they're, yeah, no, they're definitely out there. They'll have some. There's definitely some people ready to have some conversations about sex. But yeah, man, that just, oh man, that just that struck me differently. That that there's this thing that we all do. We just did it in the bed, and you just, I mean, in his eyes, it's just like I was there, you were there. We both know what happened. Mm -hmm. What do you want to talk about? Like, what, what what do we need to go over? Yeah, that's that's. That's rough. That's a rough place to be in. It's rough because I think it all comes down to respecting that other person. Mm -hmm. um, if they have feelings that they want to talk about or something to talk about, it's just respecting your feelings. You might want not want to talk about it then and there, but say, can we talk about this tomorrow or talk about this another mm. time or let me process this first before we talk about it if it's something bad. I mean... Who yeah. knows? But I think um, it's important to to respect that someone else wants to talk about something, and that's a big thing. And if you don't respect someone, then how are you going to be back in the bedroom and have great sex? Because you know, if you don't have great sex, it's not gonna it's not gonna work out. I mean, you might want to mm. prolong it, but and it, it always falls through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just feeling being real. You know, you that's a big part. I think it comes hand in hand with. Having emotional intelligence and having that sexual connection. Yeah, I there used to be. Uh, <laughs> I used to talk uh, to a woman at my job a long, 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 long time ago. She's okay. not there anymore. So that everybody stop trying to figure out who she may be if you if you <laughs> listen and you go to my job. Um, and she used to come to work and talk to me. I don't know how many other people, maybe a couple other people, about not only her her relationship and her her. <laughs> 
you know, her holy matrimony. But the sex life within that and what that was like for her and that it was just the, the quality. It was abysmal. It was just terrible. He didn't care about her pleasure in the slightest. It was just all about him. And it, whether it was during or whenever it does happen, like it, it's when I want it to be. It's not about you in any in any capacity whatsoever. I, I asked her. Have you supposedly this guy was like a man, she was giving away way too much information. She said this guy was like a two, three minute type of guy. Right. And I was like, well, have you spoken to him about the implementation of toys and such? Just just other things, right, that could that would help you along your way. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't you be excited to talk about those things? <sighs> you know, it's funny that you see you say it like that. Let me give you a little game here, Emily. Men are I mean, I'm not even gonna just say just men, but men can be very proud, right? And yes. a lot of men can feel as though in order for them to feel like a man. They need to be the ones to be able to fulfill you and get you wherever it is that you need to be. Mm -hmm. And they don't want you to use any other tools to make it to the mountaintop. Right. Because it ought to I ought to be good enough. And they never think, well, what if I'm just not good enough? <laughs> but that is mm -hmm. but that is the idea is their ego would be shot. And that's what the woman told me. She was like, I can't, I can't bring that idea to him. He's going to be like, why do you need, what you mean? I'm right here. You're like, yeah, I know, but you've been here. You've been here for quite some time. And I'm still, I'm, I'm telling a guy at my job, which again, she would never say, but I'm telling a guy at my job that I have never had an orgasm in this house that had to do with you. Yikes. <laughs> right? Um, no, you, you can't you're right, you're be right. with That's someone definitely... for five years and they've never helped you get to an orgasm. Yeah, Come on, man. We're not doing that. No, 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 no. We're, speed, we're being frank on this. Next. You cannot be with someone like that and just you're not having an orgasm. We're not doing that. 50-50. Relationships are 50-50. Oh, I was about and to say, I, I, was about, well. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, if you get like an orgasm 50% of the time. Oh, I, no, I thought no. <laughs> no, no, no. She, you were saying that this person hasn't gotten off in however long they've been in this house, but he has always just a two, three minute guy. But what about the other person? Right, um, right, right, have, right, 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 right. You do. You are right about, um, you know, the guy's feelings, but it's also how you bring it up as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can still bring it up, but also respect their feelings doing it, say, hey, like, we don't have to, but this is what I have, and, and it really gets me off. Like, do you care if I use it? Mm. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, being sexual is something with two people, so if one person's genuinely enjoying it, isn't it more chance that the other person is enjoying it just as much, if not even better, if they're both enjoying it? So, so yeah, so let me, let me ask you this question because I – I want to ask more and just stop making assumptions. I feel that way. The way you just described. I am a, a pleaser. Mm 
that makes me feel good to please. I don't, I'm not going to say that that's just everyone's bag. I, I don't know if that's just, I, actually, I can probably be sure that that's not the case for everyone. And it's like, if I'm pleased, I'm good, and I'm going to sleep now, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. It could just be that simple. But yes, the vision for me of someone being pleased by me, with me, around me, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be simply my doing. But if 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 this is just a moment of pleasure being had and we're just sharing this moment yes that 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 further pleases me but but i i'm not i'm not certain that again some people will allow their ego to take a back seat to someone else's pleasure if it's outside of them being responsible for it solely responsible for it i think ego can just be it can be a killer I think the like mm-hmm. someone's pride and ego can really get in the way of a lot of things, like their significant other's pleasure mm-hmm. and path to an orgasm. Yeah, and and they can definitely tell um, if they have that kind of ego, and that's pro- probably why she doesn't say she didn't say anything, right? So, yeah, that's definitely something that's very easy to tell. So, um, yeah, I can understand why. Um, I guess there might be certain situations when you can feel more comfortable bringing something up. And other times, not so much. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. All right, so these, so these are your three. Your three, your very first thing is be working on yourself. Whatever that is. We got to be working towards something. We can't just be yeah. sitting or looking around. There's always some sort of goal, some, some new thing that you can do, that you can improve on, that you can find a new passion in. There's always something to do than doing the same thing every single day. Second one, which was, I just... I'm drawing a blank right now. The second one was emotional emotional intelligence, intelligence, right? The connection, the chemistry, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then the third one being sensuality. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm I'm good with all those. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I mean, there's nothing better than sitting down and having a great hour long ish conversation, even more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. By the way, hey, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And where are we at? We're like, we're almost at about two hours. It just, that just happens. I don't know how yeah. you have felt about this, but yeah, it just, it just, it happens. And you seem like you've gotten quite comfortable. Uh, I'm comfortable. I mean, it's really just you and I here at the end of the day. There's no yeah. one else here. Yeah. There's nothing different. We're right. just recording. Um, I will ask you one more question before I, I, I wrap this up. I would love to know. In this day and age for yourself, this juncture of your life, this phase, what is at the forefront of your mind? I mean, this may very well be the thing that you're trying to work on the most, as you were just talking about, trying to evolve and ascend. So what is at the forefront of your mind? What do you wake up most days and this is the thing that's sort of generating motivation and momentum for you to keep going? What do you what do you focus on most? Um. You know, I I'm really passionate about what I do every day, which is my job. Right. Um, and that gives me a lot of um motivation to learn more and to be better. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, 
That's well, that's a really good question. What's the what's the what's the the latest thing that you feel like you've you've learned, you stumbled across in the the HR field? Um is that you really have to love what you're doing to be able to do it every single day. Um there's always different perspectives to look at things, um but you you really got to make things work for you. You really got to think differently. You really got to put things in perspective. Um yeah, I think that's 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 an important thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have one requirement mm-hmm. only. Well, I guess two requirements that I have people do here. One, put their phone on silent. Mm-hmm. You've already done it. Completed. Good job. Congratulations. Number two. I know that can be very tough for people. People get very antsy and anxious being yeah. away from their phones and mm-hmm. not being able to touch their phones and just scroll and just, just know that it's there. Mm-hmm. It's like... Like my little sister, when she was a baby, she used to have a little sake. I know some people have like a like a blankie or a teddy bear or something that just consoles them when they're sleeping as a baby. For adults, it's their phone. So I'm I'm just I'm always grateful that people can just have like an hour to two hours to three, however long the episodes last away from their phones, because I know it can be pretty rough for people. The other requirement is that at the very end of the episodes, this is called the Any Last Words pod, mm-hmm. we, we give some last words for the people. It can be anything in the world you want. It could be about something we've spoken about in the pod, and it can be a wrap-up on that. It could be something we haven't spoken about. It could just be, thank you guys, love you. It, it can be whatever it is you want it to be. Let's see where your creativity is right now. But just, yeah, your last words for the people. Hmm, my last words. Um, you know, jumping back to you never know what's going to happen. Um, you never want to leave on a bad note with somebody because you never know what's going to happen the next day if, if something might happen to them. Um, love as much as you can. Mm. You know, I there's a reason why I brought up, hey, I'm, you know, I had this thought in my head and it's not that positive. Um, and it has to do with, keeping healthy relationships and it's hard to keep relationships when, when you're fighting with people or when you're in rocky relationships, but don't forget to still text them. I love you. Even after a fight, no matter who it is, if it's your friend, if they're going through a hard time and they haven't texted you in a few weeks, just text them and say, I love you. I'm thinking about you. Um, that moves mountains and, um, that's definitely helps me a lot recently. Um, you know, if if you are in a rocky rocky relationship with it, with anyone, don't forget that you still love them. Um, you know, I just had an argument with my brother a few days ago, and he left the house. But even before leaving the house, he still said, "I love you. I'll see you later." Oh, wow. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So just keep the people you love close. There's there's a lot of great people out there, and um, there's a lot of great people you haven't you have yet to meet. Mm. So continue to build on that and keep them close. I love that. That was yeah. That was good. That was solid. Thank you. Yeah, that was solid. My last words for the people. I guess I'll kind of go off of that because I did bring up that I'm, I'm, you know, trying my best to reconcile with anyone mm-hmm. that I ever had any rough patches with at any point in time. I don't care who it is. I know that it's. I know that that can be tough. I don't expect for everyone to just be able to to reach outwardly. I don't expect everyone to have to have reconciled with themselves 
on the levels that need be before they can reach outward to anyone else. But what I think ought to happen is at least let these words grace your consciousness so that you know that that is an option and that there you don't have to have. You do not have to have lifelong enemies. There is a world, there is a possibility in which you have no real enemies in your heart that that can exist if you're open to it. Those are my last words. Episode 101. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. 101. Oh, man, man. and you're making me kind of think of like Cruella DeVille, the Dalmatians right now. White and black. Just white and black. That's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Thank you, everybody. Peace.